Section number 15 of the book of Sir Marco Polo, the Venetian, concerning the kingdoms and marvels of the East, volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ben Livna, Boulder, Colorado, USA. The book of Sir Marco Polo, the Venetian. Concerning the Kingdoms and Marvels of the East, Volume 2, by Rusticello de Pisa, translated by Harry Yule. Section 15, Book 3rd, Chapters 24-31. to 31. Concerning the Kingdom of Eli, Concerning the Kingdom of Melibar, Concerning the Kingdom of Gozirat, Concerning the Kingdom of Tana, Concerning the Kingdom of Kumbayet, Concerning the kingdom of Semiat, of the two islands called male and female. Chapter 24 Concerning the Kingdom of Eli. Eli is a kingdom towards the west, about three hundred miles from Komari. The people are idolaters and have a king, and are tributary to nobody, and have a peculiar language. We will tell you particulars about their manners and their products, and you will better understand things now, because we are drawing near to the places that are not so much atlandish. There is no proper harbor in the country, but there are many great rivers, with good estuaries, wide and deep. Pepper and ginger grow there, and other spices, in quantities. The king is rich in treasure but not very strong in forces. The approach to his kingdom, however, is so strong by nature that no one can attack him, so he is afraid of nobody. And you must know that if any ship enters their estuary and anchors there, having been bound for some other port, they seize her and plunder the cargo. For they say, You were bound for somewhere else and tis God has sent you hither to us, so that we have a right to all your goods. And they think it no sin to act thus. And this naughty custom prevails all over these provinces of India, to wit, that if a ship be driven by stress of weather into some other port than to which it was bound, it is sure to be plundered. But if a ship come bound originally to the place, they receive it with all honor and give it due protection. The ships of Manzi and other countries that come hither in summer lay in their cargoes in six or eight days and depart as fast as possible, because there is no harbor other than the river mouth, a mere roadstead and sandbanks, so that it is perilous to tarry there. The ships of Manzi, indeed, are not so much afraid of these roadsteads as others are, because they have such huge wooden anchors, which hold in all weather. There are many lions and other wild beasts here, and plenty of game, both beast and bird. Chapter 25 Concerning the Kingdom of Melibar Melibar is a great kingdom lying towards the west. The people are idolaters, they have a language of their own, and a king of their own, and pay tribute to nobody. In this country you see more of the North Star 
for it shows two cubits above the water. And you must know, from this kingdom of Melibar, and from another near it, called Gozerat, there go forth every year more than a hundred corsair vessels on cruise. These pirates take with them their wives and children, and stay out the whole summer. Their method is to join in fleets of twenty or thirty of these pirate vessels together, and then they form what they call a sea cordon. That is, they drop off till there is an interval of five or six miles between ship and ship, so that they cover something like a hundred miles of sea, and no merchant ship can escape them. For when any one corsair sights a vessel, a signal is made by fire or smoke, and then the whole of them make for this, and seize the merchants and plunder them. After they have plundered them, they let go, saying, Go along with you, and get more gain, and that mayhap will fail to us also. But now the merchants are aware of this, and go so well manned and armed, and with such great ships that they don't fear the corsairs. Still mishaps do befall them at times. There is in this kingdom a great quantity of pepper and ginger, and cinnamon and turbot, and nuts of India. They also manufacture very delicate and beautiful buckrams. The ships that come from the east bring copper in ballast. They also bring hither cloths of silk and gold, and sandals, and gold and silver cloves, and spikenard, and other fine spices, for which there is a demand here, and exchange them for the products of these countries. Ships come hither from many quarters, but especially from the great province of Manzi. Coarse spices are exported hence both to Manzi and to the west, and that which is carried by the merchants to Aden goes on to Alexandria, but the ships that go in the latter direction are not one to ten of those that go to the eastward, a very notable fact that I have mentioned before. Now I have told you about the kingdom of Melibar. We shall now proceed and tell you of the kingdom of Gozerat, and you must understand that in speaking of these kingdoms we note only the capitals. There are great numbers of other cities and towns of which we shall say nothing, because it would make too long a story to speak of all. Chapter 26 Concerning the Kingdom of Gozerat Gozerat is a great kingdom. The people are idolaters and have a peculiar language and a king of their own and are tributary to no one. It lies towards the west, and the north star is here still more conspicuous showing itself at an altitude of about six cubits. The people are the most desperate pirates in existence, and one of their atrocious practices is this. When they have taken a merchant vessel, they force the merchants to swallow a stuff called tamarindi, mixed in seawater, which produces a violent purging. This is done in case the merchants, on seeing their danger, should have swallowed their most valuable stones and pearls, and in this way the pirates secure the whole. In the province of Gozerat there grows much pepper and ginger and indigo. They have also a great deal of cotton. Their cotton trees 
of very great size, growing full six paces high and attaining to an age of twenty years. It is to be observed, however, that when the trees are so old as that, the cotton is not good to spin, but only to quilt or stuff beds withal. Up to the age of twelve years indeed, the trees grow giving good spinning cotton, but from that age to twenty years, the produce is inferior. They dress in this country great numbers of skins of various kinds, goat skins, ox skins, buffalo and wild ox skins, as well as those of unicorns and other animals. In fact, so many are dressed every year as to load a number of ships for Arabia and other quarters. They also work here beautiful mats in red and blue leather, exquisitely inlaid with figures of birds and beasts, and skillfully embroidered with gold and silver wire. These are marvelously beautiful things. They are used by the Saracens to sleep upon, and capital they are for that purpose. They also work cushions embroidered with gold, so fine that they are worth six marks of silver apiece, while some of those sleeping mats are worth ten marks. Chapter 27 Concerning the Kingdom of Tana Tana is a great kingdom, lying towards the west, a kingdom great both in size and worth. The people are idolaters with a language of their own and a king of their own, and tributary to nobody. No pepper grows there, nor other spices, but plenty of incense, not the white kind, however, but brown. There is much traffic here, and many ships and merchants frequent the place, for there is a great export of leather of various excellent kinds, and also of good buckram and cotton. The merchants in their ships also import various articles, such as gold, silver, copper, and other things in demand. With the king's conivance, many corsairs launch from this part to plunder merchants. These corsairs have a covenant with the king that he shall get all the horses they capture, and all other plunder shall remain with them. The king does this because he has no horses of his own, whilst many of the ships from abroad towards India for no ships ever goes thither without horses in addition to other cargo. The practice is not and unworthy of a king. Chapter 28 Concerning the Kingdom of Cambayet Cambayet is a great kingdom lying further west. The people are idolaters and have a language of their own and a king of their own and are tributary to no one. The North Star is here still more clearly visible, and henceforward the further you go west, the higher you see it. There is a great deal of trade in this country. It produces indigo in great abundance, and they also make much fine buckram. There is also a quantity of cotton which is exported hence to many quarters, and there is a great trade in hides which are very well dressed, with many other kinds of merchandise too tedious to mention. Merchants come here with many ships and cargoes, but what they chiefly bring is gold, silver, and copper. There are no pirates from this country. The inhabitants are good people and live by their trade and manufactures.
Chapter 29 Concerning the Kingdom of Semenat Semenat is a great kingdom towards the west. The people are idolaters and have a king in a language of their own and pay tribute to nobody. They are not corsairs, but live by trade and industry as honest people ought. It is a place of very great trade. They are to be sure cruel idolaters. Chapter 30 Concerning the Kingdom of Kemzma Koran. Kemzma Koran is a kingdom having a king of its own and a peculiar language. Some of the people are idolaters, but the most part are Saracens. They live by merchandise and industry, for they are professed traders and carry on much traffic by sea and land in all directions. Their food is rice, flesh, and milk, of which they have great store. There is no more to be said about them. And you must know that this kingdom of Kesmakoran is the last in India as you go towards the west and northwest. You see, from Maabar, this province is what is called the Greater India, and it is the best of all the Indies. I have now detailed you all the kingdoms and provinces and chief cities of this India, the Greater that are upon the seaboard, but of those that lie in the interior, I have said nothing, because that would make too long a story. And so now let us proceed, and I will tell you of some of the Indian islands, and I will begin by two islands, which are called male and female. Chapter 31 Discourseth of the two islands called male and female, and why they are so called. When you leave this kingdom of Kesmakoran, which is on the mainland, you go by sea some five hundred miles towards the south, and then you find the two islands, male and female, lying about thirty miles distant from one another. The people are all baptized Christians, but maintain the ordinances of the Old Testament. Thus, when their wives are with child, they never go near them, till their confinement, or for forty days thereafter. In the island, however, which is called male, dwell the men alone, without their wives or any other women. Every year, when the month of March arrives, the men all set out for the other island, and tarry there for three months to wit, March, April, and May, dwelling with their wives for that pace. At the end of those three months, they return to their own island and pursue their husbandry and trade for the other nine months. They find on this island very fine ambergis. They live on flesh and milk and rice. They are capital fishermen and catch a great quantity of the fine large sea fish, and these they dry so that all the year they have plenty of food and also enough to sell to the traders who go thither. They have no chief except a bishop, who is subject to the archbishop of another island, of which we shall presently speak, called Scotra. They have also a peculiar language. As for the children, which their wives bear to them, if they be girls, they abide with their mothers, but if they be boys, the mothers bring them up until they are fourteen, and then send them to the fathers. Such is the custom of these two islands. 
the wives do nothing but nurse their children and gather such fruits as their island produces for their husbands do furnish them with all the necessaries end of section 15 recording by ben livna boulder colorado usa